0: Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Melissa Moore. Hi, it's Melissa Moore. Thank you so much for joining me for Mile High Magazine. And we have talked to Sarah Nadelman before. She's the human trafficking specialist with the Division of Child Welfare here for the state of Colorado. Is that close to your right Absolutely. title? Absolutely, <laughs> I love it. Well, we've talked about human trafficking
1: uh, before. How big of a problem is it here in the state of Colorado? That's a really good question. One of the hard parts about answering that question is there isn't a really good answer in terms of prevalence, like what's actually happening. We don't really know. Mm -hmm. We do know how many calls are being made to the hotline. We do know how many arrests are being made, things like that. So since 2017, January 1st, when child abuse had juvenile sex trafficking under child abuse, Mm -hmm. um, we've received around 300 calls about potential sex trafficking to our one uh, eight four four co for kids line, okay. um, which is really incredible. And in the 2016 year, the FBI Innocence Loss Task Force uh, here in Colorado, they recovered over 100 children during that year, oh which my is goodness. pretty insane. And they work with domestic minor sex-trafficked youth. And um, this year they had... Uh, much higher number of boys than they have had in the past. So okay. we're really starting to look beyond gender. And it
0: sounds like, so when we talk about human trafficking, we're not just talking about children. Is that correct? That is absolutely Okay. Correct. And what is, uh, I guess, kind of a layman's definition of human trafficking?
1: That's even a big question. Right, I figured. Um, but it's really looking at the use of force, fraud, or coercion for Various forms of labor, including sex and and how force fraud and coercion plays into these acts. It's also, Uh, with children, commercial sexual acts Mm -hmm. of any kind is considered juvenile sex trafficking or or commercial sexual exploitation of children. So there's definitely um, you don't have to prove forced fraud or coercion for minors around juvenile sex trafficking, but it is something that has to be there for labor and for adult trafficking.
0: Well, you talked about 300 calls coming in. Mm -hmm. How many of those were children? And I know you can't give me specifics, but what kind of percentage are we talking about for children versus adults?
1: So that That was to our child abuse and neglect hotline. I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. Oh, so that was just Just, children. children. Oh my goodness! And so, yeah, and I actually have the stats for Colorado's hotline here. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is run by the Polaris Project in Washington DC, in 2016 received 391 calls for um, all forms of trafficking, adults, Mm -hmm. children, et cetera. And the Colorado Network to End Human Trafficking, or the CONET hotline, received 310 calls here in Colorado. Almost the same as nationally. Yep. That's terrifying
0: to hear. Absolutely. What are some of the common stories or threads
1: that tie these cases together? Ooh, that's, that's a hard question to answer. I think each situation is so unique. I think what's really Probably the thread is power and control. You know, we talk a lot about that in domestic violence, sex assault, and some of these other parallel movements. But what a lot of trafficking comes down to is power and control. Somebody uh, exerting power in a relationship, someone exerting power in a work relationship, how does that all play into being forced, uh, defrauded, or coerced into doing something you don't want to do? I
0: went to Thailand on a kind of a missionary Mm -hmm. trip and you hear a lot about human trafficking, sex trafficking in Thailand. And so I think for me coming back here and hearing about it in Colorado, it's like, okay, who are these people that are susceptible to this? How does this even happen in a state like ours?
1: Yeah, I actually worked abroad in Cambodia as well and Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. It's a really the stories are just heartbreaking. Um, yeah. anywhere. And one of the scariest parts of trafficking in the U.S. is we are our own highest source and destination, meaning we traffic our own people mm-hmm. more than anyone externally in or from here out. So it's a, I was horrified to find that out myself as I was doing more research. Um, but some of the things that make uh, particularly young people vulnerable economic instability, food instability, poverty, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQIA status, uh, runs, runs meaning run away, running okay. away from home, running okay. away from custody, any involvement with child welfare, juvenile justice. There's a lot of different things that make kids vulnerable particularly Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately a lot of family systems are vulnerable to trafficking as well.
0: And if you're just joining us we're talking with Sarah Nadelman she's the human trafficking specialist here with the state of Colorado talking about trafficking not just worldwide not just in our country but here in the state of Colorado and the problem that it is as you're talking about you know some of the things that make children that make people vulnerable to human trafficking um, it made me think about prostitution and is there a connection there as well with some of the cases.
1: You know, that's a really hard line. Is people consider um, and often conflate prostitution and trafficking. And there's a lot of schools of thought about how they do connect. Mm-hmm. But prostitution is a crime. It's like has its own criminal definition, etc. Right. At this point. But there are lots of people in trafficking field who talk about sex work and, and changing the language around how we talk about mm-hmm. that. But with adults, it's a re- that's a really hard line and prostitution and trafficking are not necessarily the same thing. OK, well, that's a good way to put it. The vulnerability mm-hmm. to trafficking. It's
0: obviously a heavy topic. It's a difficult topic topic at times to talk about. So let's turn it a little bit. And, and what progress are we making right now for this?
1: I think Colorado is really uniquely positioned in in a really good place with uh, anti-trafficking movement. We have some really strong partners who have been around for a really long time, Colorado Legal Services, the Laboratory to Combat Human Trafficking. There's groups on the Western Slope that are doing some really amazing work. Um, We have the Colorado Human Trafficking Council. We have the Colorado Network to End Human Trafficking. I just think this field is just really growing in its awareness, and I think we're finally moving away from solely focusing on domestic minor sex trafficking to trafficking of all people, trafficking of boys, trafficking of people with status, immigration status Mm -hmm. or not. And we're starting conversations about how this all comes together. Right. Because one of the things I'm sure you've talked to folks um, in other fields where it's like we're in silos, you know, law enforcement isn't talking to child welfare, isn't talking to blah, blah, blah. And so one of the uh, things that we're doing right now with the office for victims of crime grant is really trying to coordinate law enforcement and child welfare's response together um, because we're reporters to each other, especially around mandatory reporting. And it, It's creating a new conversation. You know, we've always worked together on so many things, Mm -hmm. but trafficking being like a hot topic. How do we really make a young person who enters any of our system, any of our doors, have a better chance at recovery, have a better chance of safety, have a better chance of Mm self-advocacy and getting their voice heard? So we're really working on that coordination broadly. And I think we're really lacking in services for both children and adults who Mm -hmm. have been trafficked. So
0: as you're talking about awareness for law enforcement and working together uh, for people who are hearing the story, and and I think everybody always kind of keeps an eye out, but what are they looking for? What kind of warning signs are out there? If you notice somebody that you feel like, wow, they could be in a situation that's human trafficking.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to know. And what we really ask, there's sort of two sides of the coin. If there's an emergent situation and you're worried about, a person, wherever it is, Mm -hmm. call 911. Law enforcement can get there right away. Um, They definitely can be supportive. We also have a lot of the hotlines. We've got Mm -hmm. the National Hotline. We've got the Colorado Network to End Human Trafficking Hotline. But if it's a child that you're worried about also urgently, Mm -hmm. call 911. But also you can call one 844 co for kids Um, Since juvenile sex trafficking is under child abuse, we absolutely will take those calls. We will respond. We'll hopefully get the young person in with some uh, supports, services, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. too. I think looking for something in particular, you know, you have a spidey sense, Mm -hmm. right? When you see a kid and and you're worried about them or a person and you're worried about them. And a lot of us can just walk by or drive by Mm -hmm. and just sort of let it go. Now, I'm not suggesting you stop. Oh, God, no. Hear me Safety. now when I Brian, say do not Brian, do that. I hear what you're saying. But if you're worried about someone, call the police. Call our hotline um, for kids, and 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 just let your let your concerns be known. Mm-hmm. The tagline for our hotline, which is you pick up the phone, we'll make the call. So, like, let us take that burden off of you. Let the police mm-hmm. know. So you'll kind of sift through the
0: information that comes in. Absolutely. Right. So if you are suspecting um, something, whether it's human trafficking, child sex trafficking, what are the phone numbers to call? So
1: for juvenile sex trafficking, for child sex trafficking, it's 1-844-CO4-KIDS. Or you can call 911 if it's more urgent. The Colorado Network to End Human Trafficking's hotline number is one 866 455 5075. And the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373- 7888
0: all right and if you're just joining me uh thank you for being here for mile high magazine we're talking to sarah Nadelman. she is the human trafficking specialist here with the state of colorado talking about human trafficking child trafficking sex trafficking i mean it all it's, it's a big umbrella it is a big problem nationwide worldwide and here in colorado we are not immune once someone is identified As going through human trafficking, what happens next to them? Like how does I mean their life has obviously been traumatized? What happens?
1: Yeah, and everyone's path is really different. And that's the hard part is how we connect folks with services with the things that they identify Mm -hmm. as their needs, the sooner we get those needs met and identified. I mean, the hard part is Colorado's got a housing crisis. A lot of folks just need safe housing, um, affordable housing. That's not just Denver. That's the entire state. Mm-hmm. We have a lack of jobs in some of our rural communities. If somebody wants to go back to the community they came from, uh, there's always the economic issues that happen there. In terms of the child welfare aspect, we, when we get a call in the hotline, we uh, take any call. It can be a third-party call. It can be from anyone about kind of anything related to kids, we take that. We have a a couple different response mechanisms. And to go into the child welfare system Mm -hmm. would be three other shows. So I'm not going to go, but there's a group decision-making process. And then if um, there's enough there to kind of meet criteria, we send out a a caseworker Mm -hmm. and they really do a thorough safety and risk assessment. They really talk to the family. They talk to the young person and sort of identify what safety Is for them what safety is for the state, and and sort of how we we work together around that. Mm -hmm. I think the hard part is, like any trauma, this sticks with you. How do how does a person overcome chronic complex trauma? Mm -hmm. And the answer for each person is really very different. The thing is that not everyone who has those adverse childhood experiences ends up having poor outcomes, Mm -hmm. and what the big factor is is supportive attachments. And it's not even your family necessarily, but people who you trust, people who you can talk to. And how do we sort of make all of us as adults, all of us as friends, family members, those people you can call, those people when you're struggling, being like a good boundary person with somebody. And if they don't want your help right then, that's okay too. Right, it's Bringing like gloom and doom because it's like, I don't have a lot of good news. But right, the good news is that. There are people like you who are bringing awareness. There are people around the state, mm-hmm. um, the coforkids.org website. Like website. We have so many great resources here. Right. We all put our little drop in the bucket. The bucket gets filled. Okay. Takes some time.
0: Well, and I think that's good to remember that you can do something yep. to help. It's not a hopeless situation. People are out there to help. For our listeners right now who are saying, yeah, I want to do something. What can I do? What can they do?
1: That's a really excellent question and always a really hard question. You know, people often want to directly intervene in these situations, and that's dangerous for both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really wonderful organizations throughout Colorado that need volunteers, They need uh, funding. There's a lot of research that's going on. Um, the Colorado Human Trafficking Council, for example, you can go and sit on, in on that as a public person. It's the fourth Friday of every month from nine to one at the Jefferson County Human Services, and that is open to the public. So there's ways to educate yourself, learn everything you can, um, make sure the sources you hear information from are reputable and share them. That's what we can do is we can keep the conversation going, and and I really appreciate you having me back to have this conversation. Well, it's a difficult one, but I think it's one that we've got to have. And you and I have both done work overseas.
0: And one of the things, and I think this is going to be kind of a delicate question, so I'll Mm -hmm. I'll try to phrase it right, is one of the things I saw when I was doing the work in Thailand that I was doing, immigrants Mm -hmm. were the first people, you know, coming over from Laos and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who were most susceptible Mm -hmm. to some kind of sex trafficking for children, human trafficking, and also those um, in a lower economic window. Mm -hmm. Is that the same for the
1: United States? Anything that makes you vulnerable makes you vulnerable for trafficking around the world. Okay. Uh, We had in the Western Slope, we had a huge case with Colorado Legal Services around Peruvian sheep herders who Mm. were brought in because they have these very specialized skills. Um, And once they arrived here, they were here on a legal visa, their documents were taken away, they were living in deplorable conditions. It's like a whole terrible story. If you're not getting your needs met, somebody will nefarious will find a way to potentially defraud you into getting your needs met
0: all right well let's give out that hotline number one more time here locally okay absolutely it's 1-844-CO4-KIDS and we just talked with sarah Nadelman, human trafficking specialist here for the state of colorado getting an update not just on human trafficking on child sex trafficking and just the worldwide and local problem that it is thank you for coming back in thank you for having me i'm melissa moore it's mile high magazine thank you again for spending your sunday with us